Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome, everybody. This is Lighthouse Hockey uh, Podcast uh, Roundtable Edition. I'm Noel Fogelman here with Dan Saracini from Islanders Anxiety. Of course, Petru from uh, Isles Buzz and Joe Bono from PT Isles. Guys, how's everyone going? Things are great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What uh, what month is this now? Where are we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think it's I think it's funny because I keep on thinking of people go, oh, we're, I miss Islanders hockey. I miss Islanders hockey, and I keep on thinking to myself, it's like a 99% chance there wouldn't be any Islanders hockey right. happening right now anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right. There, there are times when I do miss it. And then there's times when I'm like, you know what I don't miss is that like blown third period lead or that like, <laughs> you know, stupid thing. And then it's like a Twitter thing for 48 hours. And now I'm going like, Oh my God, that stuff I don't miss. But like, you know, it's, it's nice to catch up with like the old games, but uh, you know, every once in a while you do miss the new stuff, but then there's a lot of stuff about the new stuff that I don't miss. Exactly. You know, who would have, real quick, so you, so you mentioned Twitter. Who would have thought that a, a guy pretending to be a car on Twitter would, would be crazy? <laughs> I, 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 just, I was just surprised that Arthur kind of saw that, I think, and then yeah. thought enough yeah, to tweet did, about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> did, yeah. Must be a backstory there. There has to be, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so SB Nation this week is doing what ifs. It's been off the uh, old Marvel comics. So, uh, we're gonna, what if Rick James was an Islander? Okay, uh, bad joke. <laughs> that was a form of comics right there. But we all have our uh, what if scenario. And um, so, Dan Petra, you want to go first? Because I think Dan sure. and those are kind of tied together. So, we'll do, uh, we'll do Dan's first. And I'm not 
quite drunk yet, but by the end of the podcast, <laughs> I probably will be. So it's probably good that I. So you'll probably make some sense then. Great. Yes. Yes. Um, we should also start a GoFundMe page to get Noel a razor so he can shave his face. You know, I have um, I have plenty from the Dollar Shave Club, which I get every month. Nice. I, have, I must nice. have like forty-five blades right now because <laughs> I just I give up right now. And I don't have to shave, so I'll I'll if I shave every day for the next like forty-five days, I'll still have extra blades. So nice. You should. Yeah. Play, I'll take some of those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So my my what if is what if John Tavares resigns with the Islanders? What if? Yeah, it's a good one. Big one. And it's just something that, you know, it's hard to think about right now. Would they be a better team than what they are right now? Maybe not last year, but this maybe this year's team is a little bit flawed. What would this team look like? Because pretty much this team minus Tavares is still almost the same team that he left. Um, would he fit in this system? Would he fit working with Barry Trotz? Would, you know, it, it'd just be interesting to see what this team would be missing the one goal scorer that they're still missing. So they really haven't replaced John Tavares. But what would this team look like, Noel, if, if he stayed? Uh, you know, it probably would be pretty much the same. It would be a little bit stronger down the middle. Uh, I mean, that's obviously without the addition of uh, J.D. Uh, Paggio, which who knows that they mm-hmm. may still even have gotten him. But that probably would have been the end of Brock Nelson. Probably, know. yes. Yeah. Unless they moved him to Wang. They they could have done that, but the the salary cap that they would have, it would have been tight. That means we probably wouldn't have had Leo Komarov, so it's you know, <laughs> which is unfortunate. And but it, yeah, it would, it, would, it would be. I mean, you you mentioned the system with Barry Trotz. Uh, it worked out well with uh, Alice Ovechkin. True. Watch Alice Ovechkin it. started back checking. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And we, we all forget that all of a sudden Tavares started killing penalties after like six seven years, and he was actually pretty good at it. So you know he, he can play a little bit of defense, doesn't show it all, didn't show it all the time. But you know he, he was a little bit of a two way player, you know, under weight the last year. So yeah, I think he would have melded pretty well with Trotz. So I think that would have been a pretty good thing. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned Nelson because I hadn't even thought about it until just now. But you know, the, one of the biggest we we you guys have talked about it. We talked about it like two of the uh, one of the biggest like. Um, I guess guys who have blossomed under trots was Brock Nelson. Like he right. was, you know, we were all kind of scared that, <laughs> oh my God, this guy's going to get a, an increased role under Barry Trotz and he has not done anything with his role so far. And turned out he was like practically an all-star last year. Like he's been great and he's been very good this year. Well, he was this year until Trotz too. So has, had Tavares stayed, you know, you, you would have had Tavares, you would have had Barzell. Would Nelson have still gotten those minutes? Would he have still gotten that kind of attention from Trotz? Maybe it's possible, but I don't know. Maybe he would have been just a really excellent third-line center. Maybe he would have been moved to the wing. Maybe they would have been like, oh, sorry, we spent $12 million on this guy, so you're gone, buddy. Um, but, yeah, that would have been something else. Now, you're asking me if I'd rather have John Tavares or Brock Nelson. No yeah. offense, Brock, but I'd probably take John Tavares. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it probably would have been pretty good. I think they would have been very good now, you know, and he would have – I don't think, you know, Tavares is the kind of guy to be like, well, you know, kind of complain about coaching staff, especially if he had signed, it would have been mainly because of uh, trots. But, um, yeah, I I think it would have worked out pretty well. Uh, But uh, we will never know because he is not here. And uh, he's uh, (laughs) right where he is. Joe, what do you think? Well, we wouldn't have had the We Don't Need You game, which uh, many people (laughs) think is the one of the greatest regular season games to ever attended. 
um, at least in recent history, that and obviously the fight night against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins based on uh, some of our very non-scientific polls that we did uh, during the regular season. I think, you know, I look at this two different ways. If you look at the the year that he left, so 2018-2019, you add him to that team that already won, already had 102 points, does that team go further than the second round and getting swept by the Carolina Hurricanes, having that kind of offensive dynamic as part of the roster? You take it now a step further the following year, they re-sign Everly, they re-sign Nelson, and they re-sign Anders Lee. Maybe two out of those three are probably not back in terms of the cap considerations. So the Islanders, I think that initial year, without question, would have been a better team. But then the makeup of the team kind of changes very much so, I think, when you get into that uh, the second year, because they would have had some tough decisions to make. And probably Eberle's gone. And I would guess based on the position, Nelson's gone. Um, you know, you question whether or not they would have paid that type of money to bring back Anders Lee, who would not have been the captain if he resigned. Does Anders Lee, sure. not as the captain, have such cachet and, and mean as much to the team as he did that warranted the seventh uh, year and that contract that he got uh, on July 1st this year. So um, definitely some dominoes would fall in those direction. Yeah. And who knows, because they, with John Tavares, you had, you know, Brad boys, you know, Matt Molson, you had all these, you know, PA Parento, these kind of like Corey Conrad, mediocre <laughs> wingers that it could have continued, you know, Tom Kunafa could have been the winger for, <laughs> Tavares, so you know who knows. So the, the, the money could have been allotted. You know that Tavares was going to get towards, you know, uh, Barzell next year because that that that's quickly approaching, and you know they could be running the risk that the Leafs are having right now. Yeah, that, that twelve million would have been a lot. I mean, that would have changed the roster significantly. Yeah, like, you know, the roster would have changed a lot if you right. gave that much to that one. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys saw today uh, Emily Kaplan on ESPN kind of do like a grudge report for each team. And, uh, you know, obviously yeah. the Rangers, you know, Potvin sucks, the, the Sabres had the in the crease in the 99 uh, cup final. And then the honors was Tavares, which I, a grudge after a year and a half, I don't think is really a grudge. I, you know, if this was maybe 10 years from, from now and we're still doing we don't need you and, you know, this and that. But a year and a half, I don't think that really should have been the Islander, uh, you know, choice. It's, it's, it's an easy one because it's, it's you know, more recent. Mm-hmm. What would your choice have been then? It's a good question. This is kind of like it's a bonus what if. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are a couple other ones. You can say what if uh, Dale Hunter didn't cheap shot Turgeon. Yeah, there's two obvious candidates, right? Hunter and Darcy Tucker, right? Right, you know. Also which Kirk, was Kirk part Kirk of Mueller. the uh, – It was part of of the uh, Arthur Staple uh, fan survey. That was one of the questions Mm. in terms of who is the biggest villain. Yep. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, I mean, mean, whatever. It's, you know, it's just a a good debate nonetheless. But but Joe's what it kind of ties into Dan. So get to that. Yeah. So my what if was what if the Islanders had traded? John Tavares. Uh, so our friend Brian Compton, of course, famously said that trading John Tavares was the worst idea ever. And, you know, I kind of felt where I was that season was if you if he gives you an indication that he's may not resign and the Islanders are not in a playoff position, I can see a scenario where you would trade him. So where the Islanders were, were on the outside of the playoff bubble. They might have been 10th. I'm not sure if they were 10th or 11th at the time or how many points they were out at the trade deadline. But 
they decide that they're in it. They want to be able to make a push for the playoffs, made no moves at the deadline, remember, or really any true moves at the deadline outside of, I guess, Brandon Davidson coming uh, for, for a third-round pick. Wow. That, I was and trying I, to think of his name. That's who it was. <laughs> and, and I guess the, uh, I guess, I guess the, the question guy? is for me. Oh, Chris Wagner. And, uh, Chris Wagner. <laughs> and Chris Wagner, oh, sorry. Jesus. Um, I guess the question is for me, if he – if they did trade him, what would the package look like? Maybe it's a couple first-round picks. But then does that give an out to Garth Snow and Doug Waite to where they both are back? Where, you know, how can you then hold Doug Waite for missing the playoffs when you're trading your star player or Garth Snow when you're able to recoup uh, a package and you're kind of almost resetting things again? Um, I'd be curious to know whether or not John Ledecky would have finally pulled the plug of both Garth Snow and Doug Waite if they had made the decision as an organization to trade Tavares at the deadline in 2018. I could see them making that decision. Like, I could, I could, I could see them trading Tavares and then also bringing in Lou Lamarello because Lamarello still got kicked upstairs to, in, in for the Leafs, you know, and so I think that's kind of what kicked things off and then Malkin wanted to speak to him and and that sort of got the ball rolling there. So I could still see that happening uh, even after, uh, you know, they potentially traded them. As for what they would have gotten for him, I think that was always the big sticking point was like you're trading this guy that is basically – at that point now you know he's going to go to free agency. So that team is probably going to just be renting him for a little while. So I don't that, – that's probably would have been the biggest thing. Like I don't know what they would have gotten and Hopefully it would have been a little bit better than a Sebastian Kohlberg, which they, you know, famously got for uh, Thomas Vanek. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It depends on where he would have went, I guess. I mean, if they had traded him to the Leafs, I guess maybe they would have gotten somebody, some one of their younger players and, you know, somebody that they're all, you know, we, we would want now. But uh, I don't know. That, that's a good question. I mean, I have absolutely no idea who they would have got for him. But hopefully a first-round pick. Oh, I mean, look what, the Islanders, look what the Islanders got for – had a trade just for Paggio at the deadline this year. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, exactly. you know, I'm talking about a franchise player going to a team that's probably thinking that they can make the push for the cup with Tavares. Like, let if you would have went to a San Jose right. at that time, I would have think right. at least two first rounders. I mean, you can go back sure. as far as what the Rangers traded uh, to get uh, Martin St. Louis, right. you know, and they had, and they added Ryan Callahan to that deal too. So. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah would have been something. Oh yeah. Maybe trade him to Vegas and then see him in the final Stanley Cup final. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the Islanders should have realized, you know, July 1st, 2017, when he wasn't so or maybe July 2nd, 2017. When he I would have traded them like that day. He, he was going to free agency. <laughs> I mean, because th- you no would have got more why. if you had a whole, if you weren't trading him as a rental, if you were trading him to a team with a full year left on this contract, you would have gotten so much more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could have traded him. I said team. that at the time, too. I stand by that. Yeah, you could have changed to the Leafs and could have gotten number one in, you know, Nylander. And that would have been out of the realm right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that would have been yep. a great trade for Garth. It would have been hard to have traded him one year right. removed from them going to the second round of the playoffs. Um, and then, again, the way they came on that year under Doug Waite, in some ways kind of put them in a, in a bit of a bind where Doug was going to come back that year because they finished the season so strong. So that would have been really difficult because you would have looked at, well, they just were in the playoffs two consecutive years, back-to-back 100-point seasons. You know, they they had some terrible goaltending, but they finished with the flourish. They fixed a couple of things. It would have been very difficult. I think think the fans would have had a very difficult time with that. 
but I think there were enough fans at that point that would have, I think they would have been okay with it. But depending on the package, obviously, but I think mm. enough fans would have been all right with it. Especially if we had made him an offer right. and he put it out there publicly that he made an offer and he was unwilling to accept it at that point, he turns down an extension. You are the New York Islanders. You got to yeah. kind of read the right. I've seen the argument too, like what happens if you trade him, and then he's like, "Oh, I would have signed there if they hadn't traded me." Then it's like, "Oh, really?" Right. You know. So then it becomes this sort of self-perpetuating thing over there. But I mean, that's that's again a big what scenario. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe if they had traded him in like November, kind of like what the Devils did with Taylor Hall, and just gotten to a point where it's like, "This is the absolute deadline now. If you're not going to sign with us, we got to trade you," and that's the end of the story. So. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Sebastian Colbert has a brother playing. They they could have. Yeah. Shamp <laughs> <laughs> <Shemp> Colbert. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll I'll do mine right now. So I have a little prop, which of course, listening to the podcast, you're not going to see it, but everyone else will see it. So my my what if is this guy right here. Mm. What if wow. the Islanders kept Roberto Luongo and didn't trade him to Florida? I, I'm in the camp, and I'm probably a minority. That that's the worst trade that the Milbury regime ever made. It's, oh yeah, oh, I, I, I know. I know people say that people say the Ashen trade, but talk to anybody during that time. No one said that the trade was awful. No one knew Zdeno Chara was going to be that good. Everyone saw him he was manipulable on skates, and Bill McCall, a nice player, nothing. Second pick, whatever they need. The team was. Rebuilding right there, they had they had pieces. They were getting the new ownership, you know, Kumar and Wong. They were putting some money into it, and they got the number one center in Yashin. They got the number two center in Pekka. So they built right there. They scattered all those guys, and unfortunately, they drafted the before Ricky Pietro, which you you can say the original meme with. You know, the, the guy walking with his girlfriend and the guy turns around and sees the other girl. <laughs> that, that was Mike Milbury walking with Roberto Luongo and seeing Ricky Pietro turning around. He had that amazing game in the, the in the Frozen Four where he had like, what, 71 saves or whatever against St. Lawrence. And he immediately fell in love. You know, obviously a fellow Massachusetts native. Roberto Luongo played 14 games with the Islanders. You know, four, fourth overall pick. Obviously, the potential was there. There was no need to trade him right there. But since I, I did a little research, since they drafted uh, Ricky Pietro, they drafted 14 goalies after that. 14 goalies. Can you guess how many have played with the Oilers? Four. Yeah, Four. Probably not very 14 high. goalies. 14. Kevin, a pull in. Right. Yeah, Kevin, pull in. Koskinen, um, Nilsson. Yep. Right, that's it. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, some of these names are amazing. So in 2001, they That's it? Those are only three? Only wow. three. Yeah. Wow. They drafted uh, Andy Chidoto in the sixth round in 2001. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He went unsigned, and eventually he uh, got redrafted by the Pens and played a handful of games. Next year in the seventh round, Brad Topping. Sure. Okay. Went unsigned. 2004, Sylvain Michaud in the ninth round went unsigned. In the sixth round, they actually took someone who was pretty good in college, uh, Jace Woloski. Made it as far as the ECHL. Now with the Islanders, of course, in the fourth round. The immortal Stefan Riddle 
in the sixth yeah. round in 2006, never came to North America, Swedish goalie. So you kind of get in theme here. And then, you know, obviously Cody Ro- you know, Rosen, we know the, the story with him. You got Amy McAdams and Mark <laughs> Williams, both played in the honor organization. Yeah. And then we get to the white whale, Ilya Sorokin. Hmm. Yeah, so it's – they would have had Roberto Luongo. All these guys drafted didn't play a tenth yeah. of the game that Luongo played in the hmm. NHL. So, they, no. Yeah, sorry. No, I was, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I understand. And I think I, I think I understand why you're passionate because this is a – there's a domino effect to this decision. Right. I'm like, if you really go through the domino effect, it is yeah. staggering. As to what this set in motion, this one decision yeah, of right. Milbury of I'm right. going to trade Luongo and draft DiPietro. Mm-hmm. Um, because, all right, so the trade is it's Luongo and it's um, Ole Jokinen. Right, right. For Mark Parrish and Ole Kavasha. Now, Parrish became a very good player, right. an all star, but mm-hmm. Kavasha, two years after he gets traded, is scoring 30 goals for the Florida Panthers. Um, on top of that, because they draft Di Pietro, they're not drafting Marion. Is, it, is yeah. that the season? Marion Gab- Gab- They're not yeah, drafting Gabbert. Gabbert. Danny Gabbert. Or Danny yeah. Healy. Right. Or Danny Healy. Yeah. Right. right. And both those guys had, you know, fabulous. Danny Healy obviously was in a short spurt, but had over 300 goals. Marion Gabbert had a fantastic career. Even Scott Hartnell, who just retired, mm. had a fantastic mm. career. And that was the top six. I mean, the rest of the and then you can make garbage. and then you can make the argument if they have Danny Healy or Marion Gabarik, do they then have to trade Chara and a first round pick who is Jason Spezza for Yashin if they have the scoring? I still think they do because then you can get the center along with the winger, and this way you have a nice little combo. I think I think those moves just are still done because then you, you build a nice you know nucleus of you know young European forwards pretty pretty much. But it's, it's, you know, because the Islanders are much like New York Jets. You know, Jets had Joe Namath. Islanders had Billy Smith, both Hall of Fame in their right. They've never been able to get uh, either a goalie or a quarterback to match that. And, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, because the Islanders certainly try, even through trades and, you know, waiver pickups, they even screw up the waiver pickups. They pick up Chris Osgood, fantastic year. They can't agree on a contract the next year and he's gone. Nabokov, you know, uh, come here. So it's it's like like Joe said, it's, it's a domino effect that you know we're still feeling today. It's a shame. It really there's is. um there's I was reading uh, on my white my what if thing today at Lighthouse Hockey. Somebody was talking about how there might have been some uh, bonus money that was due to Luongo, which may have uh, hastened the trade. Correct. Happening. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, you know maybe. At the same time, like, who are you going to pay the – like, why not pay the bonus money to this guy? Like, I don't know right. why they would have hesitated if that's your starting goalie for the future. But, yeah, no, like you said, I mean, it's just – I remember sitting in my basement, my parents' basement, like, reading the whole thing go down <laughs> in Newsday the next day and being, like, trying to process what just happened. Like, yeah. I've been for a year I've been waiting for this guy to, like, you right. know, assert himself as the number one goalie. And, yeah, okay, this team stinks, but, you know, we got to give him time to, like – you know, build up his career, and all of a sudden he's gone, and it's like, who is there in charge? This guy's like a he only played one year. He's a freshman, and oh, I see, he's from Massachusetts. It's a Millbury thing, and from that moment on, I was like, oh, I mean, you know, I, Rick is a fine guy, like he's he's okay, but and obviously the injuries yeah. took a real toll, but man, that whole thing that just 
still pisses me off. I went, <laughs> I went, I went back and uh, tried to find articles at the time when they traded him, and they referenced that uh, Milbury had questioned, I guess, his dedication because he went searching for an apartment on a game day. <laughs> <laughs> and and, Lu- that, and Luongo like defended right. himself that it didn't impact his uh, his decision making out uh, you know one bit but or is uh, you know getting ready for the game oh but yeah that that definitely set uh, <laughs> and and Luongo was selected fourth overall like that was the highest the goalie had ever yeah. been picked and then and yeah. then just a couple of years later it's nope we're gonna yeah. draft a goalie number one yeah. overall. Awesome. <laughs> no, it's uh, just like, just a couple more things on Milbury because I looked at Ole Jokinen and I looked at that you know Jokinen was part of the the Paul right. fee uh, right, the Paul fee trade right so, yeah. so I was looking at that and I was looking at the other aspects of the trade that they got you know Matthew Baron was part of that trade and then yeah. Josh Green Josh was part Green, of that trade yeah. in the first round pick and then I realized I looked at, I was looking at Islanders transactions during that period of time that they traded Baron for Roman Hammerlick. Mm. Like, hmm. oh no, Adrian Coyne, excuse me. Coyne. Hmm. So like, they were, they were some of these like good trades and good moves that Milbury hmm. made. Yeah. It was, it was just so many highs and lows. Yeah. Uh, he, over the course of that time. One time. He, I think he averaged a trade of a month. Like if wow. you go through, I mean, he was GM for whatever it was, 11 years. And if you take the number of trades he made based on like the amount of time, he, he averaged a trade a month, which when you think we get like, you know, two trades a year, that's like, oh my God, I can't believe they actually made two trades. Like that guy averaged a trade. So there were some months where he traded three or four guys at a time, and then some months where he didn't do any. But I, that to me, when I figured that out, I was like, I don't understand how anybody stayed on this team for more than a year. It's just crazy. Yeah, I, I, had, you know, I, had, I had Mike Watt on Lighthouse Look Back, and check it out if no one that hasn't listened to it yet. He's... Milbury, you know, example of Milbury is, you know, reign of terror. Uh, he was like top five in rookie scoring when he was with the Islanders. And Milbury, you know, called him over. He's like, I'm going to have to cut your minutes. I have a bunch of guys I have to showcase. And this is a team that's, you know, who knows what they're rebuilding at that point, you know, because every year it's, you know, it's a different, you know, mindset with, with Milbury. But it's like you're cutting a rookie's time. It's like, <laughs> why? You know, it's like you know, a potential yeah. guy who's, you know, could be here for the future. And it's just like, you know, you completely shatter his confidence. Mm. Oh, well, so that's, you know, Mike Milbury in a nutshell. And um, hope, hopefully we'll see uh, Ronald Luongo at a alumni weekend. That'd, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> hey, he's, he's, I'm sure he's, he'll be invited. The, yeah. The, the public relations team will find him. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got one more, Dan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I was thinking more of like a like a big picture type of thing, and, and I always keep thinking about this, and uh, I wrote about this for our Law & Owner series that uh, I really need to update one of these days because it's kind of old now, but um, there was a time, actually two times, when uh, the Dolan family actually tried to buy the Islanders. One was in the late 70s, uh, actually no, one was in the early 80s, um, about the second year of the dynasty, um, and it was squashed when uh, a couple of uh, John Pickett's Shareholders thought that they weren't getting their fair share of the, of the deal, so Milbury put, put an end to it and, and it went, you know, untouched for another ten years. But then in uh, 1992, Dolan was back and he signed uh, a letter of intent, or basically had a framework to buy the Islanders. Don Maloney was installed as GM. Bill Torrey was out. The gang of four kind of, you know, showed up for the first time, and uh, this was supposed to be like a big change. And then a year went by. 
that contract lapsed and the deal was never consummated. And then a year after that, 1994, the Dolans bought the Rangers and so on and so forth. But um, I just, I mean, I, I don't think it really needs to be said like what ownership like that would have meant <laughs> to the Islanders starting in about 1992. It would have been a complete change of pace from everything that we came to know. I mean, they, you know, this is the cable vision people. They, they got money coming out of their ears. Like, I don't think we would have been wanting for money. Would they have been able to get a new arena? I don't know. Maybe if, you know, it was called Cable Vision Arena and they greased the right wheels with, with some dough, maybe they would have. But uh, that, that's always been a big one. And the fact that they had to go buy the friggin' Rangers is even worse. But uh, I don't know. It's, to me, it's, it's incredible that they had two, he had two opportunities to buy the team and just never did. And we've been paying the price ever since, basically. Yeah, there's a great article on LighthouseHockey.com written by this guy Dan Saracini that uh, kind of covers this from like 2013. Yeah. It also mentions, uh, you know, George Steinbrenner was a, yeah. a little a little flirtation, I guess, as well. I don't know. That might have been just the boss spouting off. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. I, I want to. There's there's got to be more to this story. Like he he they had this whole press conference and he's all ready to buy, it, and then a year goes by and and it's never settled. Like. Oh, what the hell happened? I don't understand. Yeah, you think it was like Pickett, like just getting cold feet? Maybe, or or moving the goalpost, which he was wont to do back yeah. then as well. So. Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, that would have been fascinating. And it's like, and it's like, how do you segue from not like you can't consummate a deal with the Islanders and then you buy the Rangers and Knicks? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's, you spend probably triple. You know. The amount. Yeah, yeah, a billion dollars they spent on all that stuff, but I'm sure the Islanders didn't cost a trillion at that time. So yeah, uh, yeah Peter Carmano is also him and Jim Rutherford were actually looking at the Islanders too at that time. So yeah. that would have been something. Oh, what well, would have happened if he bought them instead of the Whalers? Yeah. <laughs> <Carolina> <laughs> the Islanders would be in Carolina happened. right now. <laughs> yeah. At least they have a new arena, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, but like, I can imagine, you know, just because I, I, I went to a Nick game uh, over the winter and, you know, you see just uh, Jim, you know, Dolan just slouching, sitting there with his arms folded. Imagine mm-hmm. sitting in the Coliseum, just slouching, watching, you know, Tommy Sallow trying to make a cave or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Think of all the uh, the concerts that JD and the Straight Shot would have sold out at Nassau yes. Coliseum. Though. <laughs> <laughs> there'd, be a, there'd be a banner right next to Billy. Yeah, right, next, right next exactly. to Billy Joel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Instead of, you know, like Tori's bow tie would be like Dolan's like hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the question is whether or not like an owner with deeper pockets would have been able to change the arena situation given – yeah. all the politics and the nonsense that still existed in Nassau County. Yeah. So, you know, if you come into the fold in the early 90s, it wasn't like other people weren't trying to do that when they when they looked beyond their situation, right. you know, but would have just pure money been able to, to kind of overcome that. Would Dolan have hired uh, Al D'Amato's brother and given him a job the way Charles Wong did not? Well, that's the question, <laughs> I guess. Exactly. <laughs> we, knew, we knew that answer, then we know the, the arena answer. Right, exactly. Now, and, and speaking of Belmont, I guess the last lawsuit, you know, filed was uh, dismissed. So, actually, yeah. all that's done, and then, you know, yeah. and we'll we'll see if they can start construction again. I mean, who knows at yeah. this point? Um, you know, whether or not things can will be delayed. I mean, it'd be so somewhat perfect, right? That uh, 
this will not be ready for the start of the season. And the Islanders' first year at Belmont will have to be a split season with the Coliseum. (laughs) That sounds about perfect. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be fitting. Oh, well. But uh, they were scheduled. Yeah, my friend, uh, that our friend Steve Smith. Uh, Lighthouse Hockey uh, mentioned to me the other day. I had never heard about this. Maybe you guys have heard about this. It's on his Wikipedia page, so it must be true. But uh, apparently, Gordie Howe, Lee Gordie Howe, Mr. Hockey, was offered a job as the first head coach of the Islanders when he first retired from hockey in the early 70s. And then he obviously wow. came back and played with the Houston Arrows later on, whatever. The Whalers, obviously. But uh, yeah, that's and apparently it was in Down Goes Brown's book, one of his books, that he mentioned that, that Howe had been offered that job and Boy, how would that would have that would have been wild to see Gordy Howe coaching the Islanders? I don't think they would have fired him after forty whatever games like they did to uh, Phil Goyette uh, yeah. in that first season. But uh, man, that just I don't know. Uh, would we have gotten Al Arbor? Would we have gotten anything if it was Gordy Howe was their first coach? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Gordy Howe exactly. I don't think he's getting fired. Uh, no matter yeah. how bad the team, yeah, probably exactly. was the bigger biggest attraction probably uh, for the for a new franchise at that point. Yeah, right. I wonder how many games he would have suited up to. Great. That would have been awesome. Yeah. So thanks, Steve. I had no idea about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me either. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, before we go, we got to talk about um, IndustriceHockey.com, sponsor for Lighthouse Hockey. Great um, site for all your defunct logos. I'm wearing my Cleveland Crusaders VintageIceHockey.com t-shirt right now. That's awesome. I have the Capital District (laughs) Islanders uh, shirt. And uh, you can get the Isles, Isles Buzz podcast shirt that's that's still on the website. Um, and if you use the code Buzz15, I know Dan, you have a code as well. Yeah, Lighthouse15. Right. And you 15% off. Exactly. And it's, you know, Kevin does a great job in there. Uh, it's fast shipping as well. Um, and we're all home now, you know, working. So you might as well just put on a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> pants yeah, pants are optional still, but. Yeah, that's right. Pants are optional. T shirts are mandatory. T shirts are great. Slippers are recommended. Uh, yeah. I know I've been wearing slippers basically every day for the last eight weeks, uh, except to even take out the garbage. Uh, just leave them on. I don't even realize I have them on. But uh, Kevin's still pumping out new shirts every week. So take a look. Yeah, and Capital District is there. He's got all kinds of shirts from teams we have never heard of. And the way he, I don't know how he comes up with them, but they're all pretty cool. I like them. Exactly. Them yeah, usually every Monday he'll release a, a new one. Right. And, you know, I, I bought one just because the logo was great. <laughs> like the, you know, the Cleveland Mohawks, I think it was. It was mm. great, great shirt. But vintageicehockey.com, check it out. Uh, so before any of us do another show, you think Ilya Sorokin will be signed? Wow, that is. I don't know. I, depends I don't know. when we do another show. Yeah, right. They announced there's playoffs. Playoffs starting in a month. We'll, we'll, we'll probably the answer will be no. Right. Um, yeah, Arthur Staple was talking about him on. Uh, on his podcast a couple weeks ago and basically it was just like you know it depends on yeah you know how what what happens with the elc if he signs if he can burn a year off of it and start again i mean who the hell even knows i don't know I just every, every day I, I wake up hoping today is the day and I don't know, so. you know what you know another thought just popped in my head overall is like listen this is very frustrating for everyone and there's varying degrees of what everyone's going through in in our current environment but just on a hockey fan level Imagine if the Islanders had kept up anything resembling the pace of <laughs> yeah. November and December and this happened. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, that thought had kind of crossed my head. It's like, am I okay with the hockey season not happening considering they were in the midst of a collapse? Oh, you're not <laughs> you know, like, thought that. Believe yeah, me. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would have been like the 94 Yankees for me all over again. <laughs> if, if, if that path, you know, happens where they make the playoffs next year and win a bunch of World Series, hopefully that'll happen with the Islanders. So, yeah. but just, just to get in, you know, get the eight seed or whatever format they're going to use now to get sweat yeah. by the Bruins. You know? yeah. As long as they're not the 94 Expos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Actually, that, that's another thing I forgot to mention before, too. I, one thing I know for sure that would not have happened if John Tavares had re-signed with the Islanders, he definitely would not be on that return-to-play committee that he is, like, heading apparently right now because there is no way in hell they would have let an Islander on that committee. And if you look at it, it's like five guys from Canadian team, four guys from Canadian teams and one guy, JVR, they used to play for a Canadian team. And <laughs> good enough and plays for a big time American team. So, so yeah, so that's one thing we know for a fact that Tavares would not be doing right now if he had signed with the Islanders. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, if that, uh, if they come, if they came back and were like, hey, congratulations, now you get to play the Bruins in the first round, like, awesome, thanks. Let's <laughs> 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 just, just not come back. Right. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Would you guys prefer them just going to, say, a 24 game? like tournament or resuming the regular season for a little bit? Like what would you guys like think would be, you know, more beneficial? I think they, uh, I think they probably like the idea of expanding the playoffs just a little bit. I mean, you'd have to, you know, if you do 12 teams in each, in each conference, um, you got to set it up in a way to where I think, it's staggered, and I even read somewhere that the teams ahead, the other higher seed teams would play as well, but they'd be playing for seeding, right? As opposed to playing for standings, right? Because you just can't have everyone just sitting back and still not having played in multiple months, so all their teams are playing a best of five. It's going to give them right. too big of an advantage. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be fascinating. It would be fascinating to see empty arenas or just empty neutral side arenas, and I mean, people are itching to watch it as as Cirillos would be to watch, and certainly would be kind of have its own spot in history, regardless of what happens and who wins. Um, I think we'd all be watching. Yeah. I think the players would want to play some games before going to the playoffs, right. you know? So yeah. I, I think yeah. that might be part of the problem is that they, they want like a lead up to play something before getting into these meaningful games. And I mean, I don't know if there's enough time to do that or if there, there's a way to do that. It's just, I don't know. So none of those scenarios honestly make sense to me. Like, I just, I mean, as we're in middle the middle of May now, I mean, at this point, I don't know. I don't know. But Gary Bettman doesn't want to cancel, apparently, at least according to his latest comments. So, I guess it would I look bad if the NHL cancels and the NBA goes forward because then you're telling your fan base, right, yeah. there there was a way to do it, maybe right. different logistics. You know, maybe they have the Vegas option, the NBA, that makes more sense to them. You can play four games right back to back to back like that on the same court or something. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, that uh, might be it too. You know, got to worry, worry about those triple overtime games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to be the first to flinch, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, triple overtime, quadruple overtime, seven games. Okay. Yeah, well, the, the way the way baseball is going, that'll probably be the first to go, and then the NHL can quickly follow suit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, guys, um, this was fun. Uh, where can we all find you guys on uh, social media?
Yeah, at Isles Blog, you can find me there. Mostly uh, retweeting people that have a lot more creative ideas during the sports team <laughs> than me right now. But uh, you can follow me at Culture of Losing and uh, get my updates on Rocksmith. I've been learning to play bass this whole time, so you can oh, nice. uh, hear about my uh, my uh, <laughs> attempts to play uh, hits by the police and uh, other great bands. Slapping the bass. Yeah. No slap. Slap the bass. <laughs> <laughs> my style. And you can find me at Dan Dan Noodle seventy eight, where I'm basically showing you how bored I am. By posting of what I'm eating and what I'm drinking copious amounts of. <laughs> I'm a personal one nine. Um, you can probably see pictures of my dog, which I'm trying to train now because he's pooping all over the house. That's it's good times. And I promise a new Lighthouse Look Back will be out next week. Uh, we talked about goalies before. It'll be with a former goalie. So, nice. yeah, check it out, everybody. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we'll see you uh, Soon, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. Take care.